Hey, what's up guys? It's Dave from Military Millionaire. Today we have an exciting episode with Jonathan Paz where we talk about his journey from 2011 starting to buy houses all the way through current. He's got 28 doors, some burrs, some condos, and the Monster House VA loan hack, which is totally worth watching the entire podcast for. If you're watching this on YouTube, you got a special treat. We have a pretty cool location today. If not, then enjoy the show and enjoy the audio. Be sure to check out the show notes at uh, militarytomillionaire.com slash podcast. Now relax and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. Military to Millionaire, and I'm here with Jonathan Paz, who is a captain in the Air Force, a uh, major select, who is a, a friend of mine from the last couple years, and uh, we thought that it'd be fun to do a podcast. This is like my last day before my house gets packed up. It's going to be weird for me not to look at the camera. You can turn it off for a second. I know, I need yeah. to like remember that. <laughs> so this is going to be my last podcast here that gets recorded, with the exception of maybe one tonight. So this is going to be... The coolest, because we're out on a beach on Memorial Day. Hell yeah. And what better way to spend it and rub in the face that we're in Hawaii than this. <laughs> so anyway, Jonathan, welcome. Thanks for joining me. I know I've been bugging you about a podcast for like a year now. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself, man. All right. Uh, my name is Jonathan Paz. I'm stationed at Hickam, uh, Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam, on the other side of this island. Uh, right now we're on the Marine Corps Base. Um, as David said, uh, he's been trying to get me on a podcast for some time now. I'm usually pretty low-key, um, and uh, this is my first time kind of sharing uh, my journey, uh, but I'm honored to do it. I think it's for a good cause. I, I, I like what you're doing uh, with the website and, and the podcast and all the information you're putting out there, um, so thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I appreciate that. I'm glad it's not a total waste of my time. No. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, you know, we, before we started recording, well, I guess we were recording, but before I cut the edit here, um, we were mentioning you've never really told your story. So let's, uh, let's, where'd you start? All right. Uh, so I graduated from college, University of Miami, go Hurricanes, in uh, summer of 2010. Um, and then I went ahead and got stationed at Patrick Air Force Base, which is only about three hours uh, north of Miami. Uh, my wife was still in college. Uh, so uh, she still had two and a half years to go in college and, and we weren't quite married yet, uh, but we were pretty serious uh, about to get engaged. Uh, so we were pretty good distance apart from each other. Uh, we were able to see each other about once a month um, and uh, it worked out pretty good. And while I was living there at Patrick, I was renting a condo right by the beach. It was beautiful and a nice little community um, and I was paying about $700 a month in rent. and um, these were a pretty bad time in the economy where um, there wasn't, um, there was a lot of foreclosures, a lot of short sales. There wasn't really uh, a lot of uh, uh, lending opportunities out there, um, especially for investors. So trying to get something, because in the state of Florida, just got hammered. Yeah. Uh, they got hammered really bad. Uh, so no banks wanted to invent, invest or lend money in investment properties in Florida. Um, so that was, there was just a lot on the market, lots of opportunities. I was living in the same community for six months and I kept seeing these condos for sale just all over the place inside the same community. So um, I reached out to a local realtor who was a uh, retired uh, gunny sergeant. Right on. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty awesome. Um, and he started telling me, hey, I, you know, I think you can qualify for, for one of these, these condos. Um, so I got more serious about it and there was one right across the street from where I was renting, literally like a couple doors down. And it was uh, for sale for $44,000. It was a short sale and it had been on the market for about two months. And um, I said, you know what, why not? Like, let's, let's go for it. Uh, I ran the numbers, a 15-year mortgage on that acquisition was $250 a month. 
was the mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, this sounds a lot better than $700 a month in renting. And this one is ground level. Yeah. It was, I had a lake view. So it was actually a better property. So I went ahead and got pre-approval. I had been saving money for about six, seven months now. Um, so I was able to save enough money to afford a 20% down. So in the end, it was, it ended up costing $10,000 out of pocket to buy that property with a conventional, conventional mortgage. Wow. Uh, but I ended up getting a 15 year fixed, uh, mortgage, $250 a month. And, um, I loved it. It was yeah. beautiful. And that's how I got started. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was the easiest move too, because yeah, just right a couple buddies helped out. We just went downstairs and put stuff right in there. And, um, yeah, it was, it was epic. So what's that condo worth now? Paid 44. Uh, it's probably worth about 120,000. Right probably. Now. Okay. So you got yeah. rid of it. No, I still own it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's worth about, I've seen them selling for about 120 range. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad for a first investment. Not bad at all. Not no. bad at all. And that I mean, this was a good time to buy. So this was in, uh, April of 2011 when I yep. went ahead and bought that. Yep. 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 So, uh, that was a pretty, I guess, busy year, uh, for me. Um, not just, you know, buying my first property to go ahead and, and live inside. It was a whole experience in itself and dealing with a short sale, lots of lessons learned and lenders and things like that. Uh, but, uh, on top of that, uh, that was the year that I also got engaged. Um, we got married in the courthouse later that year. Okay. Yeah. We went down to Miami and did like a $20, you know, courthouse, uh, wedding so that it also helped, um, start working the joint spouse process because my wife was starting to get geared up towards getting her assignments and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we had more time to work the actual big wedding. Um, but that was an expensive year paying for a ring after buying the condo. Um, then saving money for the wedding, which was the following summer. Um, so that was in June of 2012 and the honeymoon and everything like that. We just had no extra money. My wife was a college student and things like that. So, uh, I was depleted for about a year after yeah. that. Um, but, uh, after that I went ahead and, and bought another condo, uh, in the same location. Okay. So, uh, later that year in 2012, it was not the same community. It was over the causeway. They call it the, the mainland. It wasn't beachside. Um, very good location. And I paid 46,000 for that one. Uh, and I've been noticing the comps are very similar, the rents and everything like yeah. that. Uh, so I said, this has gotta be a great deal. I can rent it for the same amount. Um, it was towards the end of the year and I bought that with a VA loan. Right on. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So that was, uh, when I got to learn a little bit about the VA loan. Uh, so I got to first, when you buy a condo with a VA, you got to make sure it's a VA approved community, which it was. Someone had already gone through the hoops to make that community approved, which was, which was, which was excellent. Yeah. It streamlined the process. And that's when I got a little smarter and said, you know what? I don't want to put 20% down because that costed me $10,000. It left, basically left me money strapped for an entire year. Um, and that was all my savings till then. Uh, let me try doing this a little smarter. You mean you didn't have cash reserves the first time? I did not have cash <laughs> reserves. No, I did not. I, I got wiped away. Uh, so this next time, what I did was I did 5% down. Okay. And the reason why 5% is you did a good article about this recently. The funding fee. The funding fee. Yeah. So if you are a, uh, if you're buying as an, uh, an investor, um, or even as a, as a, as a owner occupant, your, your first VA loan, it's usually already pretty low. But the more money you put down, it does give you a little bit of, of savings on that on that funding fee. So I want to put enough money down so I can you know I can save it. It was very minimal, but it did save me something. Um, but after the closing costs, which are paid for by the seller and my lender had promotions that time, they're trying to get loans going. They paid for closing costs too. Right on. I got that condo out of pocket, closing costs and everything for just under two thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, and my mortgage was just about the same, about $250 a month. And uh, those condos are today still rented for about over $1,000 a month. So, yeah, so you made your, your down payment back in three months. Four yes. Months, five months, somewhere in there. Yes. A couple months. Yeah, and you would think, okay, why wasn't everyone doing this? Like these deals were, 
were amazing. Why wasn't everyone else buying these properties? And they were everywhere. These condos in this market, they were all over the place. I mean, I had, there must have been at least 60 um, in different communities, foreclosures, short sales, everything available for anyone to buy. But investors were just hesitant to buy them. They, the money was just not flowing. Uh, so it was prime opportunity for um, owner occupants to buy them because that's what banks were giving money for. Yeah. So what I was doing is I was buying them and moving into them. Buying everything was primary, you know, primary residence mortgages. So I was doing a lot of moving around uh, and that's how I was able to still get the financing I needed for someone who really didn't have a lot of money yeah. um, and get deals done in a, in a hard time. Yeah. That's super cool. So you had the two condos yep. as owner occupied. Yep. I think, I think that's cool that you like knew enough about the VA loan to understand a little bit of a down payment goes a long way, even if you didn't have a ton of cash sitting around. Uh, and it sounds like you just kind of accidentally got into real estate. I did. I did. Awesome. I, it, yeah. I mean, I just, it was, it was definitely, um, I have always been, okay. So I've always been, uh, mindful of money and, uh, my expenses and, um, I just saw the opportunity. I saw this, my rent check, I think it was like $700 just going yeah. away to a landlord. And uh, when I saw that I can put that, cut that into a third and be the owner of the property, I just, I couldn't turn that down. No. And that was just, yeah, those times have long gone. Those kinds of deals are, uh, you know, a lot, like I said, those properties are now selling for over a hundred thousand dollars. The rents haven't gone up that much, maybe yeah. about 20%. Yeah. But um, they've quadrupled in value. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so those kinds of deals, it's definitely a different market now. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was those are great deals, and I, I I couldn't pass up the opportunities. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I I just turned into a, I don't know, I just fell into landlording. What's the phrase like reluctant landlord or accidental landlord? In accidental case, you reluctant landlord. By yeah, accidental, absolutely. Okay, so now I know you in 2019, and I know you've scaled. You know, quite a bit from that. If you can't see this piece of paper here that he's got, it's uh, like an Excel doc and it's a full page of paper worth of properties. So it's uh, a lot more than two. Um, how, did, how did you scale that? I'm curious, yeah. like what, at what point were you like, this is what I'm doing and I'm going to go big. You've definitely gone. It, it was, okay, so it was a slow, it's, it was a very slow scaling process. I didn't really start, I would say, scaling until a couple years ago. Okay. Really scaling hard. Uh, so after uh, Patrick Air Force Base in Melbourne, after I got my, our next assignment, joint spouse assignment, went to Tucson, Arizona. Okay. There I bought a HUD home. What, what year was Tucson? So Tucson, Arizona was in, this was 2013. So still a great time. To be yes, in, especially it in was. Especially in the Arizona market. That, that market turned around a lot. Absolutely. And the, so this was in March of 2013 was the purchase date. And that is the month that we moved to Arizona. So I bought it without even you were doing the going to the property. Around. I like it. I, I did a visual tour. Uh, I got some feedback about the area. This was, like I said, a foreclosure, a HUD, a little townhome um, that we were able to buy for 102,000, well below our BAH. Yeah. The numbers looked fantastic. Um, so we were able to save several hundred dollars a month. Again, primary residence mortgage that we were planning to move into. That's all I knew at this yeah. time is I could go to a bank, I can move into the property. They're going to give me a good loan at a fantastic rate and I'm going to get approved. And that's how we kind of got started. And that's what we did next. So we moved to Arizona into this house, able to continue to save money. At this time, my wife also entered the air force. So we have dual income coming in. Yep. We're, we're saving one of our housing allowances because um, we're living off base. Even though all of our friends and everyone was, was, was getting the most expensive home they can get within their BAH or above it, uh, we've always been the type to go below our BAH because yeah. uh, we want to be able to live and have all of our utilities and all those other expenses paid for within our BAH. Just because uh, the lender says you can afford this amount does not mean you need to. Yes, and every place that we purchased, we wanted to make sure that it cash flows as a rental afterwards. Always. So we don't buy it because, well, we think this is a lovely house to live in. 
It's we're buying it because we know we can rent it and make money off of it as, as a rental property. And that's why we analyzed this property and that's why we decided to pull the trigger and buy it. So yeah, so we went ahead, bought that deal. Uh, the next, that same year we bought uh, another property. Um, it was another condo in the same community of my first condo that was at. Okay. And that was a- So a, this was long distance. This was long distance. That's when I started doing all long right, distance right, real right. estate investing. And my first deal that I did without actually moving into it with a mortgage. So at this point, I didn't really like the Tucson put, market put too much. the big boy pants on. Yes, I started putting the big boy pants on. I, I, didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of the Tucson market. Um, I did that deal because we were saving money uh, while living there. I thought, okay, if we can live here for three years, save some money, we'll at least be able to sell it and break even at the end and, and, and make money throughout the time of the months where we were saving money off, off rent. Um, so I said, okay, I really like Melbourne, Florida. I like that market and I know where these two condo communities are, how much these condos are worth because I own one in each community. So I said, okay, I've got, um, I've got, I, I know the value and I'm seeing these deals all over the place. Let me try something. Let me try buying one of these uh, properties and it has to be with cash because lenders aren't lending any money. Yeah. So that's when I started doing a lot of creative financing. Okay. Yeah, and that's really where I wouldn't say I completely scaled my business, but I was able to keep the business going. Yeah. Yeah, because I just didn't no like where we were living. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that deal was about, that was a $54,000 acquisition um, in that community. And that was in August of 2013. And that was the last deal I did that year. Uh, and that property, I don't have the notes here, but it, I'm pretty confident we bought it either with an auto loan refinance, credit cards that we did balance transfer offers. Um, I know we pulled the home equity line of credit out of the home that we were living in in Tucson, that same home we had bought because we had a lot of equity in there. Um, so we did a lot of creative financing to be able to buy these kinds of deals um, that we'll continue to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So basically, uh, we started buying these properties from a distance. We started buying one to two a year just very slow growth. Buying with credit cards, which I don't recommend, but again, this is all that I knew how to do. And it worked and the deals are great and they were cash flowing. And these were all zero interest offers, uh, maximum 3% interest. And I had over a year to pay them off. And I knew we had two incomes that are very solid and we were saving a lot of money. So the plan was always buy with, you know, with a cash, um, and then go ahead and pay these off as fast as possible. So over that year, all of our money went to paying off those debts. So all these properties we were buying, these condos were all in the future, all these future acquisitions were all free and clear. So we continued doing that. We continued buying condos in those same communities over and over about one to two a year for the next several years to a point where we had like six condos in each community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were the comps. You know, yeah. We, yeah, anytime something was a, a, a fair price, we were usually the high bidder and we got it and, and uh, we're able to keep it going. So very slow growth. Um, and that's actually been the, my, the primary ways I've, that I've done business. It's been my business model. It's always been very steady growth. Um, a lot of on market, a lot of the deals I find is, is not anything that anyone else can't find. It's uh, just, looking at the MLS, um, some Craigslist deals, uh, some stuff I bought an auction property before too. Um, but primarily they've been properties that almost anyone else can see. I just happen to know that market better than Pull a lot of other right people. Away. Yeah, so as soon as I saw a deal, I, I had the offer in the very next day. I didn't waste any time, which I think gave me the advantage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, because if they see something next day, they're like, I could, I could wait and see if there's a higher offer, or I could just be done with this miserable home selling process. Yeah. Why not be done with it? Yeah, and and condos are hard to finance. They usually have, always been, especially in Florida, are difficult to finance. Uh, so whenever a seller sees a cash offer on a condo, it it makes them feel more confident that this the deal was going to go through. Yeah. And many times that'll let them accept, you know, five, ten. 15,000 less, you know, than, than, than what it's worth, uh, just for that confidence that they want the quick sale. 
Uh, so that was been that was our niche for probably about five years, just cash buying condos and townhomes, um, properties that we knew were just difficult for other people to buy and then renting them. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And being able to buy in cash when paying them off, yeah, card, owning them free and clear, auto loan. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely, owning them free and clear. And and the biggest reason why we continue to own them, own them free and clear was that we couldn't pull that cash out. So the banks at this time were still not giving lines of credit uh, against these condos, even if though we owned them free and clear for years, they didn't want to give us any money. Um, we had excellent credit, things like that. That that didn't matter. Um, and I would say that the time we started really growing more rapidly. Instead of buying one or two deals a year, we started buying three, four, five a year. Uh, was really about last year. So last year is when I think the floodgates opened and banks really started lending money. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I remember every single year I make it a point to call every single credit union that I can find uh, that it was local uh, to Brevard County and even going out um, and calling some other ones that would lend throughout the state of Florida as well. And every year I'd get shot down by all of them. So it was like a routine. I was like, okay, one day someone's gonna lend me some money. Well, two years ago that happened. I finally started, it was, there's been three banks that all of a sudden start allowing lines of credit against these condos. So we said, okay, let's start doing some lines of credit. <laughs> so yeah, so then um, a couple years ago we started closing on lines of credit, uh, pulling out, um, you know, two, three, four, five lines of credit a month against some of these uh, condos that we own free and clear, which allows to have uh, access to a lot of capital for down payments uh, to buy bigger and better properties. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so is that when you transitioned into the burst strategy a little bit? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Um, so I would say that uh, Burr, actually I didn't do Burr until this year. Okay. Uh, but last year is when I started uh, buying more expensive multifamily like duplex properties. Okay. So I started buying a few of these duplex properties and all in the in the Melbourne market and um, these average purchase price is anywhere from about 150 to uh, 250,000 um, and when you buy these kinds of properties with financing uh, which you can get you know financing a lot easier than a condo um, you're looking at 25% down. Yeah. Yeah. So we started using these lines of credit to qualify for the down payment to then go ahead and buy these properties, which cash flowed a little bit better than these condos. Yeah. And allow us, uh, I'll actually get into that a little bit later um, about hiring property management. But up until that time, up until last year, I self managed all the properties from wherever I was at. Couldn't I did not it. hire no a property thanks. manager. No thanks. Yeah, I had over 15 doors and managing it uh, remotely uh, up until last year. Yeah, but that was another reason to help me scale. Yeah, that's true. You're yes. able to save a little bit more money, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> Part, probably because my 10 unit just this year alone has had a U-Haul hit the roof and three evictions and I would lose my hair if I was trying to do that from here. Um, yeah. I'm sure it's doable. I wasn't ready for that. So I hired it out and I, you know, live my beach life. Yeah. Well, you got to think I was, the properties I was investing in were little 700 square foot condos, which had HOAs that managed the entire exterior. True. They were very nice communities. Um, as soon as I put one of these properties on the market, let's just say Zillow, uh, for rent, Trulia, Craigslist, my phone would ring off the hook and I would have it rented in usually two or three days. Um, with really first-class tenants. I'd yeah. screen them, I'd do background checks, everything like that, um, and had no problem ever renting these, these things. If any time there was an issue, I had a crew on the ground, I had someone I can trust, uh, who was a friend of mine, who actually had retired uh, out of Patrick Air Force Base and continued to work in that area. And uh, he was a craftsman, so he really knew how to fix anything and everything. And he basically did me a favor. If any time I needed assistance, someone to go to property and let someone in or or do a showing for tenants, he was the guy I'd call. So I did have almost like a property manager, but I didn't pay him uh, a set commission or fee out of the rent. I only paid him when I needed him for something, nice. which was maybe once every four months or so. I needed him to go show a property, something like that, and I'd pay him you know, $50 a showing, something like that, which, which really saved me a ton of 
a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. A ton of money and I had good systems, good automatic leases that I would send out to people and, and, and automatic applications. Everything was digitally done remotely. Um, but it was a little bit of a hassle taking all the phone calls when it did come to place tenants. But I was willing to do that uh, to save the money um, and continue to help, which really helped continue to grow the business. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, so then the scaling part. All right. So. And then, of course, we got to get to your monster house. Yes, that'll, you know, that'll come. We that'll may not come. hit every detail for, you know, loan lender uh, reasons, but. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, we moved out here in 2017. And that is when I think the business really took off. So at this time, uh, we had both been promoted to captain. We've had a few deployments. Uh, we've been able to uh, amass at least at that point uh, probably 12 or 15 rental properties. Um, mostly, all, actually all condos, condos and townhomes. Um, all in the same area. And um, we had actually bought one more townhome in Tucson just before leaving uh, in the same community with a VA loan. Um, and then we got orders which allowed us to, to leave and not fully occupy it for a whole year. Um, so we had two townhomes located in the same community, cash flowing. And um, we were doing pretty well. We were saving a lot of money. Uh, the income was strong. And we were able to start getting these lines of credit. So we're like, all right, let's uh, let's step up the game a little bit. Yeah. 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 Exciting. Every, yes, it was exciting. I said, <laughs> okay, if I got to step this game up, the best properties to do that are multifamilies. Um, you know, that's really where I'm able to get loans from banks. Um, I'm able to cash flow when I do have loans and I'm not going to manage multifamily properties from a distance because the type of tenant that you get in a duplex is, is not the same yeah. as what I'm used to. Um, and typically they're in these, the ones I'd buy are more like B class areas. So I knew that if I did this, I needed the support of a property manager. So I went ahead and bought my first duplex. Um, it was by the beach, really nice area. Um, 255,000, uh, had my, uh, first experience with a property manager, uh, who I had to fire. <laughs> awesome. Yes. I love it when a story goes well. Yeah. I had to fire that property manager. Uh, you know, I'm used to doing things my way for a yeah. while. Um, I, you know, I, I am very detail oriented. Uh, and I like things going quick. Like I mentioned before, I'm used to renting things out right away. And I always had a tenant moving into my unit within a week after the next one moved out. I don't think over about a four or five year period, I ever had more than a one week vacancy in any of my units. And that's, that's the way I like doing things. So I bought this beachside duplex, hired um, the cheapest property management company I could find at 6%. And uh, they sucked. I mean, it. So the timing was bad. Right when I bought it, a hurricane was coming. Oh, um, yeah. The best of times. Yep. Everyone kind of left town and um, I couldn't find, the property management company couldn't find someone to board up the windows. Um, they were unresponsive. I couldn't reach them. Uh, make a long story short, uh, each unit was vacant for about three months after I bought it. Um, the property did not get destroyed by the hurricane. It, Thank God, none of my properties did. They all did fine. Um, we finally got tenants in there at, at a pretty decent amount of rent. Um, but I did need to let that company go. Not only was their processes really poor in uh, acquiring tenants, but um, a lot of things they said they fixed, they actually didn't. And I had to find out later. And um, yeah, basically, I think sometimes you, you kind of get what you pay for. Yeah. Yeah, so that's when I... Uh, <laughs> it's like Navy medicine. Yeah, that's when I learned, like, yes, just like that. Oh, man. Yeah, that's when I learned you really got to screen your property managers just like you would to screen your tenants. Yeah. Yeah. I was lucky enough that when I went with a property manager, I had seen an article about just that, and I interviewed three or four and had, like, a list of... I was that annoying dude with, like, a list of 20 or 30 questions 
you know, but it saved me because <laughs> the person I was going to go with was absolutely the wrong choice. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't necessarily know that at the time. I was just, something felt off. And so I went with someone else. Mm -hmm. And now I know a little bit more about management. And I would have ended up firing that manager. So it's a good thing that just luck of the draw that I stumbled upon that article. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I would say probably the best thing I did when I did hire that property management is I did have a clause in there that allowed me to break free if I ever wanted to, no questions asked with no penalty. Awesome. Because I knew that, um, I did know that I wasn't 100% sure that I would have them continue manage that one day I might manage it myself. Uh, so I wanted to have that clause in there. It was like a test period. Um, but it wasted me a lot of time, a lot of frustration. Um, it just wasn't worth it. Uh, so I started screening uh, different property management companies, looking for the ones that had the best reviews online and whatnot. And I eventually hired one that, uh, uh, a rock star, an absolute rock star. And um, he took over that duplex and um, fixed a lot of issues, issues I didn't even know about. Uh, he got taken care of right away and he built my confidence. He really did. He said, hey, Jonathan, like, you know, I can, we can do more of this. You know, like we can buy more of these duplexes. I can oversee repairs. Um, I've got some of these deals, you know, we should, you should look at. And I said, hey, yeah, like I live out here in, in Hawaii. Um, I don't know if, if I really want to get involved in these large fixer upper kind of properties. Like that's going to be tough. And he said, don't worry, let's give it a try. Uh, I can help you do that. And, I, and, and uh, he kind of also wanted my entire portfolio too mm. at that point. So, Smart uh, man. Yep, yep. The kind of person you want around. Yes. He is, he's, a very, um, he's a very ambitious, hardworking guy. Uh, he was one of the top also realtors in the area. Um, and when I had hired this company and I spoke to the broker, uh, she knew I was very meticulous and uh, demanding and wanted to put one of her top managers on my file. And I told her I had just fired another property management company for all these different reasons. And she said, don't worry, I got the right guy for you. Um, and that was probably the best decision um, I've made when it comes to being a, scaling up, yeah. was hiring a property manager. It's yeah. amazing what systems will do. Absolutely. And being able to like not worry about the things that don't matter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and at first I thought, okay, I couldn't, I, I can't afford it was one of the excuses I was making is, you know, I don't think I could afford it. Um, but that's when I needed to look at different properties. Say, yes, you, you, you can afford it if you buy the right kind of deal, the right kind of property. And they mostly are fixer-uppers. So they need work. They're usually not in the best location. Um, and it takes more uh, management. It's more management intensive uh, for the tenants and things like that. But those are deals I really should have been uh, working uh, from the get-go. If you really want to expand rapidly, those are the kinds of properties you really should be looking at. Just the return on investment is just much better and you could afford that management, which is actually then makes it easier. Yeah. yeah. Talk um, about a win-win to have a manager that understands and likes the renovation side of things. Yeah. Too. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely. I'll bug mine next month when I'm in Missouri and be like, hey, do you... Uh, <laughs> You want to do this? Because <laughs> so, I've got a friend out there that I hire stuff out for contracting, but it'd be pretty killer if I could talk my manager into doing it. Yeah, I don't think I've met anyone who has the kind of arrangement that I've got with my manager. Uh, like I said, he's a hustler. And um, our kind of arrangement is, hey, if I buy a deal from you, an on-market deal, he's going to go ahead and oversee the renovation work for free. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, so he's like my GC. And uh, he has a network of vendors through the property management company that do a lot of the work for cheap already uh, because the company itself manages over a thousand properties yeah, in so the area there. Absolutely. So they get pretty preferred rates on vendors. So I ended up creating uh, a system where I was able to take down some bigger properties. So that uh, it was in 20, let me see my notes here, 2018. When you get this many deals, you have to write them all down. <laughs> like, you just can't remember everything. <laughs> so 2018, it was in May of 2018 um, that um, with my property manager, the guy I hired, we bought three duplexes the same day. <laughs> we closed on three duplexes the same day. Wow. All fixer uppers. 
six awesome. units. Awesome. Uh, I would not have had the confidence to do that um, without his help. And um, and we just kind of scaled up from there. Yeah, that's killer. Yeah. So six units, were those all burst strategies or just kind of like... Uh, those are those are conventional financing. Straight, straight up. Yep, just straight value, up financing, 25% down. Some uh, uh, They were just strong cash flow properties. That's really super, just a little cool. bit of work to, to get the old tenants out, get new tenants in at higher rent kind of situations. Yeah. Um, but that was, uh, that was our niche. No burr yet. Yeah. We didn't start doing any burr yet. Um, we were still kind of putting quite a bit of money down into these properties, 25%. Um, but I love the cash flow. And we had the money. We had a lot of income coming in. We said, let's just do it 25% down. Uh, and keep expanding that way. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're safe. You don't have the over leverage risk that some people get into. So that's that's good. There's a, a safeguard there, which I need to eventually get on some of my properties because I'm a little over leveraged on one of them. <laughs> but it cash flows, so. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to detour before we get to the burr. Let's talk about the good one. Oh, the one, okay. The one that yes. everyone loves. So for those of you who don't know, and I'm talking this way, but I'm talking to them, I don't even know if the camera's still on. It probably died. It's got like a 40 minute, 30 minute battery life. So whatever. Okay. If, if it does die, it's it still going to record. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're still so recording. if it's just, if it does die, it'll just be a picture of us smiling at the camera. All right. The thumbnail <laughs> um, so I'm all about the VA loan because I totally went the wrong way. I got talked out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'll tell it in one of the videos that's coming out soon, but like long story short, I went to a VA lender and he basically told me, the second time you use the VA loan, it's super expensive, it's complicated, blah, 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 blah. Don't waste your VA loan on this property. And so I buy an FHA loan. It was a cheap you know, $81,000 duplex. But I've spent $81 a month for four years now in PMI. I spent an extra $4,000 down that I didn't need to spend. I, I did the math the other day for this video. I, I, I've basically put 10 grand into this property in PMI and closing costs and, and then the more expensive mortgage that I didn't need to do. You know, yeah. I'm like, man, that 10 grand could be another property. Uh, so I'm fairly passionate about the VA loan and helping people understand it because I got burned mm -hmm. by a professional. And uh, you have a, the most unique story. And not only is it the most unique VA loan story that I know, it's also probably the one person that I can always say, well, there's one exception to when you can cash flow in Hawaii because yep. not a lot of people have figured out how to cash flow here. It's super expensive. Uh, and, and you have definitely done that. So I would love to hear a little bit about this. We call it the monster house. <laughs> is that what they call That's it? That's what they call it. That's how I met you is people saying, oh, you got to go check out this monster house, which I still haven't done yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, the monster house. All right. So I we moved here in Hawaii in 2016, summer of 2016. Uh, we were renting. We we're paying about $2,200 a month uh, in rent. Um, our BH was about 3000 for one of us. So we were cash flowing pretty nice on that. And, uh, I've been hearing the stories if you can't cash flow in, in Hawaii, if you buy a house. Uh, but at this time I've done quite a few deals and, um, many properties that weren't really that strong of cash flow, and I was still buying them, um, in my market. And I said, well, let's take a closer look at this Hawaii thing and see if I can make it work. Uh, so I started doing some analysis and said, okay. The sweet spot I think where you can cash flow in Hawaii is if you can buy one unit, so like a two bedroom unit, at about $250,000. Um, so like a duplex, if you can buy a duplex for $500,000, you're, you're probably going to cash flow a four unit at a million. Uh, you're probably going to cash flow if the units are big enough, uh, at least two bedrooms. Uh, preferably if you have a couple, three bedrooms would be better. So I started looking at, at those options. At first, I started looking at just actual multi-family zone properties and found like nothing. Yeah. There's really like nothing on this <laughs> island. I mean, there, there's probably about maybe like two or three over a six month period of me looking. Um, and they're usually duplexes and they were like 750,000, 800,000, basically about the average price that you would pay for yeah. a, a home out here in Hawaii. And I realized that what a lot of people are paying for in Hawaii is the land. Yep. It's the value of the land itself. So the trick is, if you can find it, is the biggest home property, the, the biggest property you can possibly find on the smallest land possible, you have the best chance at cash flowing, getting a good return on investment. So I started looking by square footage. So um, I started looking at 
4,000 square foot and above kind of properties, then 4,500, then 5,000, uh, and just seeing what's out there. Um, and that's where I started seeing the most potential. So uh, I had made an offer in a property in Aea, in and that was a three unit. It was a, a two unit in the front, and it had a back cottage um, that was kind of on a slope on a hill, and it was actually in, sliding down the hill. Like the footers were actually going away and eroding, and it, it, the, Perfect. It, yeah, it was. It had a lot of issues. A private road for access to the cottage that I had to negotiate with the other people on the home, and I had to bring a banana bread and see if they wanted to give me rights and access to the road. I did get under contract with the property, and eventually the the neighbors said, "No, we're, we're not going to give you access rights to this road. I'm sorry, we don't want to have the traffic through here, this and that." So I said, "Forget it. I'm backing out of this deal." You're a yeah, I'm a Howley. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So Those of you who don't know, Howley is, <laughs> is a non-local. That's the nice way of, oh, boy. of describing it. And that was about a 700, I think it was about 720,000 for a three unit. So it was within that criteria, right? Yeah. Um, so but, I said, you know, you didn't factor in a house falling off a hill. Um, yeah. That you can't use, even though it's your yep. house. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Perfect. And it, it sucked too, because I had actually installed handrails and things like that to help the property meet VA requirements. Uh, so I ended up losing about $700 to back out of that deal in handrails um, because that was, I and an appraisal. I also had to lose about maybe $600 in an appraisal. But if I, I knew that if I didn't get access to that road, it, it was a deal breaker. And that was not something that I was going to get access to right away. I needed to nurture those relationships with the neighbors. And I could have taken a gamble. I could have bought the property and, and continued to to work that with the neighbors and seeing what would have happened. I may have had to pay money for the road or, or give them a lump sum of money. I think it was like five people who had ownership rights to that road. Um, but it was never guaranteed. Yeah. And I was always feeling a little hesitant. And that was a, that was a really big decision to pull out of that deal. Um, we put a lot of energy and time into it, maybe three months yeah. of, of work into that. Um, but it was the right decision. And um, it sounds like it. Yeah, especially and, now that I know what you got instead. Yes, and that's why. That's a big reason why. So we said, okay, uh, this didn't work out. Uh, we had even e given a heads up to our landlord that, which we hadn't even renting for a full year yet, uh, that we may be vacating. That kind of pissed her off, and so we had to then rework our relationship with her, saying, sorry, it didn't work out. We're going to stay with you. But I kept looking. I kept looking for other deals, and then the craziest thing happened. There's a a road that we would run down um, about once a week uh, down a big hill maybe about a mile and a half from where we we're renting and turn around and run back up and um, right next to our our rental down that road was a property that had been on the market for about three months and it was at 1.37 million so I hadn't considered it because I said, okay, this is way above my price range. Like yeah. I, I'm looking at these $700,000 properties. Like that's just too big, but it's huge. The house is enormous. Yeah. So I said, let me just, let me just go check this thing out. You know, let me go just see what it is. So I went over there, made an appointment, um, checked out the property and I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away. So this is uh, two different homes, a front house and a back house. Both of them are two stories and it was being used as a vacation rental. It was all furnished and everything like that, except for the front building upstairs, which was uh, a long-term tenant. So it had a total of um, three units in the front, two units in the back. Uh, the whole upstairs, the front, two downstairs units, and then the back had the upstairs and the downstairs. Five unit property, 1.37 million. And I said, wait a second, this is, this is pretty close yeah, to my number. Yeah, my number is 1.25, which would be for a five unit uh, at 250,000 each, and that will cash flow. And this is a really nice, huge property. I actually had a lot of square footage. So um, I, uh, I went ahead and made an offer, 1.25, and it was accepted. Um, it was a VA loan. And when you're buying a property at that amount and you're over your VA limit, yep. You have to put 25% down of the difference. So uh, I had to get a little creative and my offer had to be contingent on me getting the, pay the money for the down payment. So I put four properties on the market for sale. I told the seller, I said, look, um, I know you want time to exchange this deal because he's this investor as well. And uh, he was not in a hurry to sell. He was making money off the vacation rental income. I said, let's structure this with a 90 day, uh, 90 day close. 
I've got four properties I'll put on the market. I own free and clear, these condos. Uh, I'll put them on the market right now. I've got a home that I can also refinance. I, also, I got pre-approval for that to get my cash out for that. I'm gonna get you the money for this down payment. He said, that sounds great. So the very next day, uh, we signed an, a, a contract. I showed him the listings were put on the market for sale. And um, those are gonna be my funds for the down payment for a VA loan, um, which required, uh, it was over six figures yeah. down. Yeah, it was just <laughs> over six figures down that I did not have yeah. uh, that kind of money. Because uh, remember, all the money I ever did get, I put into buying a condo. Or another property. I had no, uh, you know, away. just actual cash sitting in the in the bank account. Um, so uh, it was a very uh, interesting closing. Uh, we ended up selling three properties. We did a cash out refinance. We got more than enough money that we needed to buy the deal. Um, and um, we bought the property and converted uh, what was the upstairs to of the front building to match the downstairs. So we knew the downstairs was two units. Uh, at the very end was a one bedroom and the upstairs was a replica of the downstairs they just hadn't fully converted it to be a unit yet it had the plumbing for a kitchen it had a bathroom you just needed to close the door and renovate it a little bit which is what we did so we put in a new kitchen we actually ran electrical up for a stove and now we had a six unit so uh, i think it costed maybe about ten thousand dollars uh, to add to create that into a, a really nice looking rental but now we ended up getting a six unit property for just about 1.26 uh, with vacation rental bookings in place already <laughs> that's so awesome. cash flowing from day one with all the furniture included man that's awesome yeah and, and vacation rentals here in hawaii is a, a big ticket item it's also a point of contention depending it on is. you know who you ask or what you do um but man, yeah, you're the one person I know who is cash flowing enough to where I can call it cash flow here in Hawaii. I, I know a couple people who make a couple hundred bucks, but you're like, okay, you spent a half a million dollars, you make 300 bucks a month. Um, is that cash flow? <laughs> sure. Is that a terrible investment? Also, probably sure. Um, right. And you're doing quite, quite well off this. Uh, we don't need to talk specific numbers, but I, I would be curious to know. You know, with your plan going forward, are you planning on holding that as a vacation rental, or are you going to eventually try to try to make a big play and and get rid of it? All right. So when I run my numbers, when I ran my numbers on this property, I wanted to make sure it works as a long-term rental as well as a vacation rental, because we've all known that the rules um, are pretty strict here about vacation rentals, and there's always the risk of um, them cracking down on um, the vacation rental industry, especially for people who don't live in the home. So while I'm living inside the property, all I'm doing is renting out my bedrooms. Granted, I'm renting out a lot of bedrooms. So uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine bedrooms, I'm vacation renting uh, five different units while living in a three bedroom. Um, so I wanted to make sure I have a good exit strategy in case the vacation rental industry it just, it just doesn't work out. Let's just say yeah. I leave Hawaii. What does it look like long-term rental? So I crunched those numbers from the very beginning and it does cash flow as a long-term rental. Awesome. It definitely does. It makes about $1,000 a month as a long-term rental. Not a very good return for such an expensive property. You know, I've got duplexes that'll cash flow close to that yeah. uh, for a quarter of the price. Um, but uh, it works. Yeah. And what I see it as, it's a good retirement play. Yep. Uh, so there's there's some sort of satisfaction of knowing that you don't really need a whole lot of doors um, to get to retirement to five. If I just put that on autopilot, hire a property management company, even if it's just breaking even, that's a retirement for me right there. That's true because that thing, if you build, if you pay off the equity in that thing in the next thirty years. Yep. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And in, in, in each property, I didn't mention this, but each home is already separately metered for electricity. It's a lot of land and square footage. It, each one has their own parking. They, are, they can be easily subdivided. Yeah. Other people in the community have subdivided similar properties before. So essentially I have two homes yep. uh, that I bought as one. And if I ever wanted to exit in the future, I would say that I can minimum sell them for 800, 900,000 each home. Um, 
and 30 years from now, there's no doubt it's going to be worth at least that amount. Yeah. Uh, maybe a million each. <laughs> Probably, yeah. You Absolutely. Factor in some inflation, and you're right. Each one of those is a retirement. Absolutely. So if I can sit back and hire a manager to manage six units, just six units for me, over the next 30 years, in one location, and one water bill, the electric accounts, I can put all this stuff on autopilot. There's really not a whole lot of stuff that's going to go wrong. And I'm looking at maybe a $2 million retirement nest egg right there. That doesn't cost me any money. It actually, it'll yeah. make me a little bit of money. Not including the rest of your rentals. Not including the rest of the rentals. And, and that's as a long-term rental yeah. property. So, I, so I'm hesitant case. to sell it. Yeah, I I'm would, really hesitant to sell. Yeah. We'll have to meet up in 30 years and you know see what that thing's actually worth. Yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> that'll be interesting. That'll be really interesting. We'll both be really old and driving Manny Koshman style cars around. But. Yeah, but you know, as while I'm still allowed to vacation rent it, there's, it's a no-brainer. I'm gonna keep that going. Uh, the cash flow is so much stronger as a vacation rental, um, especially when you have the economies of scale. I've got a cleaner who's always cleaning every day uh, for different checkouts. We have like one-night bookings as well. I mean, it's a little hotel. Yep. We always got people coming in and out, uh, so we stay busy, um, and I, I like that. And I was able to hire a property management company as well, who's local, who deals with all my guest relations. And the only thing I do is I'm the guy who fixes up issues. You know, I, I show people how to use the the remote control if they don't understand. <laughs> I get people in if they don't understand to use the lockbox. Oh man! And awesome. uh, so just last night I got back from Maui. And um, I replaced a shower head and uh, I replaced a lock on a doorknob. So, I mean, those are the kinds of things that, you know, I, I don't mind doing. It's easy out here in Hawaii. It's so expensive to get a handyman out to do little things. And I live there. It's not hard for me to walk downstairs and, and fix an issue here and there. So I still do that and I enjoy it. Um, and that's my role. Uh, with the property. That's cool. And over just overseeing Come a everything. long way from being, uh, you know, 5,000 miles away self-managing to living in the house and not self-managing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, over the course of, and you know, over the last year and a half, um, I've been able to change my, my model of completely control everything, self-manage everything to hiring out systems, uh, expansion, uh, now we average um, about one property purchase every two months, sometimes one a month, um, doing burst strategy um, in the in the uh, Melbourne market. I really like that strategy. It's incredible. And you guys have all heard about it. Highly recommend it, especially if you don't have a lot of money. It's a great way to continue to get your money back. Um, and um, And just putting everything on autopilot with property management. I'm setting myself up for... Um, a retreat um, from when I get out of the military. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be able to live the life. Yes. It'll be exciting. I think you've got a similar plan to me going in the... Man, look, I knew it. Something bit me. I was like, why did my arm sting all of a sudden? And there's a big red Maybe spot on it. Ant was walking around yeah, here. Something got me. Something. Uh, yeah, so you're executing a similar plan that I am, uh, at least as of right now, to transition into the reserves and be able to you know, have a little bit more control on your timeline in life and uh, enjoy your investments, which is exciting. Yeah, um, it's always been a goal of mine with real estate to uh, be able to not work a nine to five job. Uh, I've always wanted to be able to uh, go where I want, do what I want, be my own boss, um, which real estate does allow that 100%. Yeah. Uh, I can sell when I want. I don't have any partners. I don't have um, really anyone that's full-time. All my employees are contractors. Uh, I've got, like I mentioned with the other property management company, I can let anyone go whenever I want and just change the way I do things. Awesome. No penalties. Uh, so I like the flexibility. That's always been my style. Um, yes, that's not the fastest way to grow. Uh, absolutely partners and more leverage is, is, is a, a faster way to grow if you really want to get real big but it's gotten me to a point where now um, this very slow growth model has gotten me to 28 doors um, plenty of cash flow that has exceeded what I make in the military and now I'm able to do what I want yep. um, and what we've decided is best 
is to get out of active duty this year, go into the reserves. So I've taken a position uh, as an IMA, actually right in Melbourne. Oh, so I go there one month a year, I do my drill, I look at my properties while I'm there. They're all right in the same area and do my work requirements. I still get all my uh, benefits. I still get to serve. I love serving in the military. I think it's it's just a great feeling, satisfaction you get out of it. You know, the reserves doesn't really pay much money uh, at all, but um, I do I do like having that sense of purpose, um, and I'm really looking forward to that. But I did get very fortunate to get that location, and the other 11 months of my time, really, I can do what I want, and I haven't fully made up our mind yet uh, of what that's going to be. Uh, but we've had a lot of talks about uh, spending some time in Costa Rica, perhaps six months there or longer. I've never been to Europe. Um, I can spend as long as we want there. Um, and uh, really, it's, it's, it's my wife's decision. Yeah. Yeah, it's really my wife's decision on what she wants to do next. Um, so she is right now deciding if she's going to stay on active duty and take another assignment. Or maybe she goes in the reserves. Uh, we're just kind of feeling it out and seeing what kind of opportunities come up but uh, uh, it, we we are on the driver's seat right now 100% uh, control of what we do and um, we would not be where we're at right now if it wasn't for real estate investing since 2011 yeah yeah and to think eight years right like a lot of people do eight years in the military and then they get out and to think like you've essentially created I wouldn't use the phrase generational wealth yet Although, although that may very well be the case with that one home, um, but you've replaced your income and created an entirely new life for yourself. And it's funny because you got into that kind of accidentally. Yeah. And yet there's so many people out there who listen to real estate podcasts, maybe listening to this right now, and like they're trying to do it and they get in their own way by saying, oh, I can't afford that. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, the military doesn't get paid enough. And it's like, no, hey, knucklehead, you totally do. You just got to stop buying Xboxes and Mustangs. And I just love the fact that you were able to do this. And it started by you just saying like, hey, that's cheaper than renting. And now look at where you're at. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I'm not I'm not a cheap ass by any means. Um, we no, vacation multiple those, times are those a year. Oakleys on your head? They are. They're Ooh. Oakleys. Um, Me too. I'm just talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, we vacation. We spend our money, uh, but we don't spend it usually on, on fancy things. What we do is we, we go on a lot of vacations, um, so hotels, things like that, airfare. Um, but um, I, I am careful. I am careful on how, on how we spend it. And if we're gonna fly somewhere, I usually book with points. Yep. Or um, if we're gonna stay in a hotel, I try to stay in more of an economy style hotel. I don't stay in a five-star hotel. Um, doesn't mean I can't afford it. It's just that we're just mindful of that because we know that um, the, the, the real benefits of going out on vacation is not where you sleep at night. It's being able to get around and, and, and travel and see new things and get that experience. Um, so that's what we enjoy to do. So our lifestyles, which mostly involves, you know, hiking and going to the beach and just enjoying this, you know, this kind of scenery here today. Um, it just, it just doesn't cost very much money. It really doesn't. Um, so I think we're a little fortunate that we don't have, you know, my wife and I, we don't have expensive taste. Um, we've had our same vehicle since 2012, same vehicles. We don't plan on selling them anytime soon. We're going to run them into the ground. Um, and, um, but we do go out a lot. We go out, we'll, we'll, we'll hang out with friends and uh, I don't mind picking up a bill, you know, and things like that. Um, uh, but I think that's a good thing. I think uh, there, there's, there's certainly the approach of, I'm gonna save 50, 60% of, of all my income or 70%. I don't measure it. I, I'm not a spreadsheet guy yeah. when it comes to, I, I, have a, I have a spreadsheet for real <laughs> estate, uh, but I don't have a spreadsheet on what I spend money on. Um, and I don't think I need it. No. Uh, because I know that I don't waste money. If I buy something, it's because I need it. I don't go shopping. You know, I rarely ever go shopping. If it's, it's because maybe I, I ran out of boxers or something. I mean, like, <laughs> I go out if I need I really need to buy something. Um, and then I know that um, what we're spending money on is truly enjoyable and it, and it doesn't cost too much. So 
uh, yeah, I think lifestyle is is, uh, is always a good investment. I agree. Yeah. All right. So we are clearly able to talk all day. So I should probably <laughs> get to a couple few questions and all wrap right. this up. Uh, I like to ask if uh, E1, E2 was to walk up to you, you know, asking for advice, you only had a few moments to give it, what, what would you tell them? So if a young E1 or E2 uh, were to ask me for advice, um, you know, I got to think back to when I was their age um, and, you know, when I, when I first bought that first condo and, and that wiped me out and I had the <laughs> wedding going on, the ring, and um, that, was, that was very intimidating, you know. Um, but uh, I, I had a lot of persistence and uh, I was confident because I was always seeking resources and information. Uh, I was reading a lot of bigger pockets, um, and that's where I was able to get advice from people who knew a lot more than me. Um, so I would say that um, for the younger E1s, E2s, find an interest of yours. It doesn't really have to be real estate. Um, there's plenty of people been successful off of stocks and bonds and, um, you know, Uber drivers, people. I even met a guy who rents out. He buys a fleet of vehicles and turos them yep. and rents them out here on the that. island. Yeah. yeah, you met him. Yep. There's so many different ways to make money. Um, find something that you're interested in and passionate about, and go seek out some of the resources online. Because um, there's so many out there. Um, like I said, mine happen to be bigger pockets. Uh, I spent all day just reading different forms and getting all the information I need. That's where I even got my my contracts. I leased the properties out. I printed them out from bigger pockets. Um, I didn't spend a dime on education, uh, but education is what builds your confidence, which lets you then go ahead and make those kinds of makes deals. If you're not confident, if you don't know what you don't know, um, you're never going to take that first step. And if you do take that first step and you don't have the knowledge and education of what, of what you're thinking about doing, uh, it may be in the wrong direction. And it could set you back for a long time. So, um, yeah, seek one of those free resources online. Uh, they even have books uh, as well. Um, I'm not a big reader, but I would prefer online uh, because with online, you can type your questions and someone will get back to you. A book's not going to do that, right? It's true. If you're, not, if you're not sure about what you just read, okay, you're, you're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So get online, talk on a forum. There's plenty of people like me or you and everyone, you know, that'll that'll help you all with uh, the questions you have. Awesome, yeah, yeah. I love Big Pockets and some of those forums, for sure, that's how I, you know, I started, how do I do X? Oh, all right. Yeah. So, okay, um, if somebody, I, man, that kind of covers the resource. I was gonna ask you book resource course. <laughs> I think that kind of covers it, unless you got a different answer for it. No, no, it's, uh, my, my favorite resource is Bigger Pockets, hands down. That, awesome. that's, that's been my resource from the get-go, from 2011. Um, and uh, it's it's the best because it, it tailors to my niche of real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, I'm trying to remember my questions without looking down at my leg. <laughs> if well, I guess I would just ask, is there anything you think we need to hit? Parting advice, big ideas, or anything that we might have missed? Well, um, I would say that don't rush it. For um, for those of you who've who've heard this. Um, this podcast and are thinking, okay, well, he's got this, this big portfolio now and he's buying these multi, you know, million dollar deals and whatnot. Uh, and I am looking into apartment deals now as well. Um, it, it didn't start this way. Just th look back at, at the journey. Um, most of the, the wealthy people you find, if you read a book like The Millionaire Next Door, uh, you'll learn that um, the path to wealth is not usually a get rich quick no it's typically many many years of hard work and being hyper focused and having goals and um and sticking to those and creating that routine uh every day i wake up and my routine is very simple um i already have a a, a resource where i can already see all the new properties that are coming on the market i check them every single morning I hop on Craigslist. I check the first sale by owners. I hop on Zillow. I already have a search created in a certain area. Shows me all the new homes. It takes me about 15 minutes to do that every morning. And I see every new property. 
if anyone meet, if any of those meet my criteria, I let my agent know and we make an offer. So I've been doing that for years and it's a habit. It's a habit of mine and I enjoy it. I really do. I enjoy buying real estate, but it, I think that people, um, you got to take that first step. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, those condos really weren't the best cash flow deals, uh, but it was working. It was working yeah. for me. I found a niche that not a lot of other people were, were, were doing. Um, it, it's, it's, it is easy to get started with house hacking. I highly recommend house hacking uh, for people getting started. Um, but most importantly, take your time, enjoy the journey. Don't rush it. If you rush it, I promise you that's how you make mistakes. Take your time. Um, you have a whole lifetime to build the wealth with real estate and it's a very slow game. Real estate, you know, every home you may make a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars a door per month, you know, on average, any real estate investor will tell you that with leverage. That's not a get rich quick thing. You know, you've got to have many doors uh, to get a, a very solid cash flow. So, so take your time. Don't make, mis uh, don't be, don't, so you don't make too many mistakes, learn from your mistakes and, um, and seek resources out there. I love it. All right, Jonathan, if anyone wants to reach out and uh, ask you some questions about whether the monster house, burst strategy, condos, whatever, uh, where's the best way to get a hold of you? Bigger pockets. All, All right. right. So message me uh, at uh, Jonathan pause. I don't know if you're going to put show notes yeah, I'll, or anything I'll like link that. It down below. Awesome. So um, uh, I don't have a fancy website or anything like that. Uh, you don't if, need one. if that's where my business model takes me in the future, um, if I decide to go that route, you know, maybe one day I do create a website. Uh, but for now, um, uh, bigger pockets is the best way to reach me and, uh, I'll get back to you. Right on. Well, thanks for joining us today out at this, uh, miserable location. <laughs> thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military to slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.